Hey guys, this is Naeem and you've reached the Mosaic Church Podcast. So excited that you're part of our listening community and I'd love for you to be even more connected. So check out our website. There's more content there and there's more opportunities for you to get connected in our ministries and events as well. Also, love for you to share this content. If this is blessed to you, I know that God wants to use you to bless other people with it. So share this podcast, if you will. Lastly, would you consider supporting this ministry? This is made possible by other people's generosity, and I'd love for you to pay it forward. Join us to reclaim the message and the movement of Jesus together. So would you consider giving to this ministry? I know that God is able to do immeasurably more through us when we come together. Thank you so much. God bless you. Enjoy. Hey guys, good morning and welcome to Mosaic in the Morning. I'm Naeem Fazl, pastor of Mosaic Church, and this is Kristen Young. What up, friends? What is up? How are ya? I'm good. Good. We're talking like like we haven't even seen, seen each, each other, other, but it's not true. It's not true. And then we dress the same. Yeah, I was wondering what you were doing there. I was <laughs> like, what, what is this? Like, are you like coming closer? Like too long. <laughs> yeah, that's it. That's it. That's it. That's it. So. What's been going on? I just heard, obviously, oh. everybody heard about CMS and... Uh, and the surrounding counties. Yeah, yeah. It looks like the kids are not going back to school this year. Or, it, I mean, this year, like 2020. Right, right. They're going for like three days and then, mm-hmm. right? So how is it working? I mean, I'm, I, I don't even know. This, is, this might not be the question to ask right up front, but your little ones... Yep. I have two schools because I've got elementary school and preschool. So now we're waiting on the preschool. Yeah, I, I don't know. Oh, I think what we should just do is pray and the service. Thank you for being here. <laughs> Let's pray for all the parents you know what and we the should, teachers yeah, because yeah. it's going to be Can crazy. we just do like a, hey, you get the, you, it's all good. Like pass everybody to the next grade. Yes, it's it. all good. You're going to forget anything. Like how, like have you ever gone back and thought, man, do you, I still remember that six, those six months of my third grade or fourth grade or whatever. I'm pretty sure they're going to remember these six months exactly. of whatever this grade exactly. is. Yeah. And it's not going to be facts. It's going to be, do you remember right. what we did and what we did not do? We watched so much TV. That's pretty much it. <laughs> That's pretty much guess. it. Pretty much it. Oh, man. It's guess. crazy. It's okay. Crazy. So on the opening, reopening, yeah, schools so we're, are not reopening, what are yeah, we doing? So we're, we're, we're not opening up to phase three. I mean, that's yeah. the bottom line. Um, I mean, there's so many uh, complications that, uh, that are connected to that. I mean, I've actually had friends that have opened up their churches and now they're like trying to figure out how to shut it down. Ugh, I mean, so it's, just, it's, just, it's just a tough conversation. Yeah. And then when you get into it and you start having services even and they're just kind of awkward at best. Mm-hmm. Uh, some are doing a good job of it, no doubt about it. Um, but man, for us, I, I just feel like we just need to wait till phase three. So yeah. that's the plan. The good thing is we are having kind of a get together. We're doing a food truck we Sunday, are. right? We are next Sunday. Yes, Sunday, Sunday, food truck. Food truck fun day. Yes, that's it. <laughs> I remember it. That's it. So we're going to have um, a couple of food trucks and then we're going to have Kona, Kona ice. ice. Kona Ice, a couple of food trucks next Sunday, 5 to 8 p.m. Music, here. dancing. Yeah, oh, sure. Sure, right? Whatever. Nobody will know who you are because you have your mask on. Uh, that's true. Could we just make those optional? Probably How about not. you just bring it? We bring, definitely bring the mask. Definitely social distancing. There'll be yes. social distancing, dancing, for sure. Yes. It's a mosaic crowd. There's music. Someone's going to start moving. We really just want to see your faces. Yeah, yeah. Like and, your like moves, and your screen. dance moves. And your dance moves. And your dance moves. Not yours. <laughs> No, not yours, but other people's dance moves. <laughs> you have two. Really That's don't. it. 
We all know that. I think the staff does at least. Oh, okay. It's crazy. It's crazy. Hey, regardless where you're joining us from, we're just glad that you are a part of us and we're going through this together. We're in a series and we're actually chapter three of the series that we call The Book of Philippians. Very creative with the Book Super, of Philippians. Super, isn't it? Title. Yes. It is. But it's been it so is. good. Yes. And we have a special speaker. I'm excited. You It's Pastor Mike. Don't, don't tell. Wow. Surprise. This is the worst. I'll tell you what we should do. We should just go, because this is getting, this is going downhill. We should yep. just go to the good news. Let's do the it. The good stuff. Let's do so it. So let's go to Ashley's good stuff. better than us. Yes. So some, good, some good news. News. Okay. Yeah. You want to tell them what it's about? Yes. So this is where we get to highlight all of the good things, the things that we get to be a part of thanks to your giving yes. in Charlotte, all over the country, all over the world. And we got some great stuff today. I don't oh, want to hide. Oh, we no. got some great stuff. So anyways, <laughs> Ashley, take it away. <laughs> Hey Mosaic, Ashley Fossil here with some good news for this week. This week, the Mosaic staff had a great opportunity to go to the Bags of Hope warehouse and give them a makeover. We were able to provide brand new shelving for their office. We were able to organize the warehouse and take inventory of all the food in order for them to be prepared for this upcoming school year. And we may have had a little fun in the process. Also this week, our very own Vinny Candelure, one of our staff members who now has relocated and works remotely from Pittsburgh, had an amazing opportunity and I'm gonna let him tell you all about it. Hey Ash, hey Mosaic, hope you guys are having a good morning. Yes, Ash, it's been an amazing time here so far in Pittsburgh. Some of you know my story, some of you do not. My wife and I just recently moved to Pittsburgh from Charlotte um, to be closer to family. And yes, this past weekend was amazing. We actually baptized three of my family members, my grandmother, my grandfather, uh, and my future brother-in-law. So it was a very special time for me personally. I'm so thankful that um, Pastor Naeem was able to speak and send a video over to encourage them in their next step and to just be a part of this. Um, you know, throughout the quarantine, my family has a small church here in Pittsburgh that they've been a part of for a long time that wasn't able to meet and they didn't have online capabilities. So they were able to join us online for the last two to three months and be a part of our community. You may have even seen them on uh, the chat uh, saying hello to me, even though they were probably sitting right next to me. Um, but I'm just super thankful that um, we were able to like experience that together um, and even celebrate it today through our Some Good News. So I hope you guys have a great day. Back to you, Ash. Wow, Vinny, what an amazing opportunity. Isn't it so great? We may not be meeting in person, but that doesn't mean that ministry isn't happening and community isn't happening. What a beautiful example of how we can come together and be the church, be mobilized to love and serve the people around us in our community. Thank you so much, Mosaic, for being an amazing, generous, and supportive church, and I'm so grateful to be a part of this group. Welcome, Mosaic. So glad you are here. I'm excited to be with you. I'm Mike. I am one of the pastors here at Mosaic. And uh, I just want to say, if you're part of our online community, welcome. We're so glad you're a part of this morning. I mean, I, as I think about that, I, I'm like, I don't know that there's a difference between our online community and our non-online community, whatever that means. Um, but if you are joining us from another state or maybe even another country, we are so thankful you're here and really appreciate all the ways you support us here at Mosaic. And if you're part of our 
non-online community, which would mean that when we are able to meet together, you attend one of our campuses, either the North Campus or the Metro Campus. Man, I just want to say, I mean, we miss you. I miss you. I miss seeing your faces and being with you. And, and, and I can't wait till we get back. I mean, it's hard to believe that it's been four months. I mean, literally, it has been four months to this date that we have been apart. And, and you know, a lot can happen in four months. Um, some of you have, have had a baby. And, and so that's so exciting, so excited for you. And some of you have, I don't know, you graduated from high school or college. Some of you have, uh, have even gotten married. Uh, you know, there are a lot of things can happen. Some of you have changed the color of your hair. I don't know. But so many things could happen in, in four months. And, and I'm excited to get back together and see you and find out what's happening in your life. I, I will be honest, though. I mean, I'm... I'm a little bit troubled by one thing in particular. I'm a, little, I'm a little afraid. I'm a little afraid to get back together, I think. Not because of the virus and everything, but, but here's what I'm most worried about. I'm most worried that I'm going to have forgotten your name. I mean, you know, when you don't see each other for a while, you start to forget things, and, 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 and I'm afraid that, that maybe I've forgotten your name. I mean, I mean, I think I was having this dream the other night, and, and I was actually out under the white tent, and, and somebody walked up to me and, and said, hello, hey, Mike, and I said, hey, you know, that, that kind of, hey, when you, maybe you recognize them, but you don't exactly remember what their name is, and so we were talking for a few minutes in, in, in this dream, and, and this person said, you do remember me, don't you? And I said, of course I do. You know, right? But, yeah, but your name, oh my gosh, what is your name? And she said, she said you remember my name, right? And, and I'm like, yeah, hold on, it's close. I've almost got this. I've almost got this. Hold on, it's right there. Ashley, you're, oh yes, you're Pastor Naeem's wife, right? Okay, so I'm not going to forget Ashley's name. But, I am really worried that I've forgotten a few. So when we get to come back together, and, and hopefully some of you will be here, many of you will be here next weekend on July 26th when we come together for our fun day food truck Sunday fun day. I don't know what you call it. But anyway, we're coming here, Hope Center, 5 to 8 on July 26th and enjoying some time together, social distancing a little bit, but I hope you'll be here. But maybe don't ask me what your name is. And that way, I won't be embarrassed. But, um, but here we are. We are going through this series called the Book of Philippians. And um, you know, I'm kind of, I think Kristen's mentioned this earlier. I'm kind of like her. I'm like, I thought we were a really creative church. And the best we can do is... Book of Philippians, I mean, Philippians is, is so different. It's like God's love letter to the Philippians. And, and so, you know, I was thinking, well, maybe we can name it something different. Like, like, you've got mail, Philippians. That doesn't sound really great. But anyway, P.S. I love you, Philippians. Now, that's worse. Or, or maybe something like, I don't know, the notebook to the Philippians. 
we should probably just stick with the book to the Philippians. I, I, I'm okay with that because I, I, I don't know what else to put. But um, anyway, but, but it really is different. This, this letter to the church in Philippi, it really is different. It's like Paul's most gentle letter in the New Testament. I mean, when you think about all of his letters that you find in the New Testament, like the first one that shows up is the letter to the Romans. And, and Paul, he says, hey, I miss you. I'm praying for you. But then immediately he's up on his soapbox and he's talking about the godlessness and the wickedness that's taking place in Rome. And, and he just is, is chewing them up. And, and so that's a pretty tough letter. And then the second letter, and don't worry, I'm not going through all of them, just two. In the second letter, 1 Corinthians, I mean, he's blasting them for the divisions that are happening in the church and for the fact that they're not loving one another. I mean, you're, we're, we're mostly all familiar with 1 Corinthians 13. Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not boast. It is not proud. It it, it does not self-seeking, but you do realize the way I'm saying that and the way you hear that at a wedding is not really what Paul was thinking when he was writing. Paul was, he was writing like, like love is patient, people, and, and I, don't, I don't know what this is. Love is kind, and, and you guys are, are rude, and, and love is not self-seeking, but all you seem to care about is yourself. And, and the way Paul writes is not the way that we read it most of the time. But again, in 1 Corinthians, he's just kind of going after them. But Philippians is different. And in Philippians chapter 3, which is the focus of the message this morning, um, it, it's no real different. Rather than, rather than calling them out in Philippians, it seems like Paul is more calling them up by saying something in particular in in chapter 3, by saying it's so important to connect with other believers and to position yourself in places where you can encounter Christ. It's so important to connect with people and encounter Christ. And that's what he's going after in this letter. But that really makes it so different. There's a different tone to the way he addresses the people uh, in Philippi, in the church in Philippi. And, and I think the reason is really simple. Um, I think it's twofold. Number one, these are Paul's people. And, and he thinks about them as his people. And number two, this is God's plan. So a little bit of the backstory of the church in Philippi. I don't know if you remember, but Paul went on several missionary journeys. He would leave from Jerusalem and go through Asia, Asia Minor, into what we would call parts of Europe today in in Italy and and Greece. And and he would encourage the believers and he would plant churches and and he would debate some of the the religious scholars and different things. But he made these journeys um, uh, often. And And what's unique about this particular time that he goes to Philippi is 
it was God's plan that he went to Philippi. If you remember in, in Acts chapter 16, he's going through Asia and Asia Minor, what we would more commonly call the Middle East. And there were different times that Paul was going through and he wanted to turn right. We just say he wanted to turn right. But it says in Acts chapter 16 that the spirit of Jesus would not let him go to those places. So he would go a little further and he would try to turn right again. And, and the spirit of Jesus would shut that down. And finally, Paul ends up out at Troas, out near the sea. And, and he has this dream or this vision. In, in other words, he's encountering Christ. And, and in this dream or this vision, there's, there's a man over on the other side in Macedonia saying, come over here and help us. And so what does Paul do? He jumps on a ship. He sails over to Neapolis, which is the port city, and, and he gets off the ship there. That's where the ship was going. And, and, it, and Neapolis is kind of like an industrial center, if you will. And then in a kind of a hop, skip, and a jump, he's over in Philippi because it's just a little ways away. Neapolis is kind of this industrial city, this seaport, and Philippi is this more prominent city. And it's the, uh, it's the place where it's more commercial and, and so he's there. And, and it's there in Philippi, following God's plan for his life, that he meets Lydia. And, and he engages with Lydia. And she receives the gospel, the good news that he's sharing. And, and she's baptized. And then she tells her family. And her whole family becomes uh, believers and followers of Jesus. And they're baptized. And she says to, to, um, to Paul, you, you got to come back and stay at my house. And so Paul creates this extended family in Philippi. But, but all this happened because it was God's plan. And Paul knew that. But, but all that happened earlier. And now Paul is writing this letter to the church in Philippi. And he's in Roman custody. Um, he's been arrested for, for sharing the gospel, for teaching the gospel, and he's awaiting trial. And, and Paul's at this place where he's feeling really lonely and, and feeling alienated from, from the world. And, and I'm thinking that right now we can, can really relate, right? I mean, the, the situation that we are living in, we can relate to that a little bit. And what Paul determined was, and I think what we can see here, is that we need our people. We need to connect with believers. We need to connect with our people. And so I want to ask you to do something today, something very specific. After, after this, this service ends and, and you kind of get on with your day, or, or maybe a little later this afternoon or tonight, I just want to ask you to commit to doing one thing for me. It's so simple, but I think it's, it's so much a part of what, what Paul is encouraging us to do today. And, and that, that simple task is I want you to connect with someone. Would you do that? Would you commit to doing that? In a little while, the enemy is going to, to tell you a thousand reasons why you don't need to do that. But if you just commit right now, let's, let's do that. Let's call someone or let's text someone or let's DM someone. Uh, connect with them in some way. Now, look, posting something on Facebook or Instagram, that's not connecting, okay? So call, text, DM. I mean, 
preferably call because you, you get to hear their voice and, and know their heart. But, but I think that is one of the things that, that, that Paul is encouraging us to do is to connect with people and connect with other believers. There may be someone that, that you brought to Mosaic and you haven't talked to them in a while. Or it may be someone you just think about when you think about Mosaic and you're like, I would love to, to connect with them. Maybe you don't have their information. Send us an email, info at mosaicchurch.tv, and we'll help you connect with them. But, but I, wanna, I just want you to do that if you would, if you would communicate and connect with somebody today. But, but again, Paul is, is thinking about the fact that, that he got to Philippi and he's thinking about the people that were there. And, and one of the things that we also have to understand is that the people in Philippi, Paul thought about those people as his people. All right, they were, they were his kind of people. God's plan got him there, but once he got there, he connected with these people because they were his people. And to understand that, we have to understand a little bit about Philippi and a little bit about Paul. So what you should understand about Philippi is that it was actually a Roman colony, and people referred to it in that day as Little Rome, kind of in the same way you might understand, you know, New York. New York is an amazing city. There's all kinds of, of excitement there, activities, opportunities. There's thousands of people there. It's just a really exciting place to go. But when you think about New York, you're like, ah, it's really cool to visit, but I might not want to live there. I might want to live in a place that has some of what New York has to offer. So, okay, a lot of you live in Charlotte. It's kind of like the little New York. Okay, so not so much, but you get the picture, right? But, but Philippi was known as Little Rome. Philippi was also known as a retirement community for legionnaires. Now, legionnaires were those people that pledged to be a part of the Roman army for 25 years. And so when they retired after 25 years, one of the opportunities that they had was to, to be given land and some money also and to live in Philippi. And Philippi was one of the very popular places that they could go. Now, do understand that it wasn't overrun by legionnaires because, you know, there are a lot of people that signed on to be legionnaires for 25 years, but you remember the Roman army was quite active and they made a they may have signed on for 25 years, but they may have only made it for two years. So there was not that many people that were there that were Roman legionnaires, but there was a significant population of people that came, that were given land, that had money. And then also you've got all the people who were a part of this commercial district that kind of helped support the, uh, the city I, I told you about a minute ago, Neapolis, the industrial seaport center. They did all the commercial work. There was all the, the, uh, the entrepreneurs and, and there were businesses there and people understood wealth and they understood business management. They understood accounting and credits and debits. And, and those were Paul's people. But let me explain to you how they were Paul's people because it 
in one sense, you think, I don't understand how they are. I want to do that by looking in, in, in Philippians chapter 3, verse 5. Paul is describing himself here. And here's what he says. He says, circumcised on the eighth day of the people of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews, in regard to the law of Pharisee, as for zeal, persecuting the church, as for righteousness based on the law, there is none better. He says, faultless. And so you think, okay, how does that relate to the people in Philippi? But if you begin to look at what he's actually saying there, for example, circumcised on the eighth day. So a lot of people were circumcised in that day. A lot of young boys were circumcised, some on the fifth day, some on the ninth day, some on the 25th day, I don't know, the thousandth day. We're not going to talk about that, but, but they, they were circumcised. And but it's significant when he says circumcised on the eighth day because what that means is that Paul was taken to the temple as Jewish tradition requires and he was circumcised in the temple. Now, when you take your child to the temple to be circumcised and there, there was this healthy understanding of taking an offering and giving to the church and giving to the temple. And so when Paul's parents took him to the temple, they also took along this offering, which means that his family had some wealth to be able to participate in that. And you see that as we move along. He was um, from the people of Israel. He was from the tribe of Benjamin. He was a Hebrew of Hebrews. In regards to the law, <clears throat> he was a Pharisee. And so what we, what we recognize as we begin to think about that is that he was an educated man because Pharisees were not just average people. They were highly educated individuals. And what we also know from other accounts is that Paul was educated by Gamaliel a very prominent, like the most prominent rabbi during that time. So that also tells us that Paul's family had some money and had some clout. Because you think about Gamaliel, think about the most prestigious college, the most expensive college, and the college that you kind of have to know someone to get into. And, and so that's who Paul was. So not only did his family have ways, they had means. There was wealth involved. And so Paul's not just this average guy. He, go, he goes on, he says, as for zeal, persecuting the church. So he was not just an average Pharisee. He was actually a leader in that group. And finally, he says, as for righteousness based on the law, faultless. Think about it like this. You can go to the grocery and you can buy just normal food or you can buy organic food. And you know there is a price difference. But in the Jewish tradition, to live a kosher life, it cost a little more. And so Paul, we realize, fit into this, this group at Philippi because he was a man who came from wealth. He was a man that was highly educated. It was not odd for him to, to walk up and to begin a debate with people. And there were a lot of thinkers and, and, and influential people in Philippi. So not only did Paul blend in with this worldly class of people that he 
found in Philippi, he, he also thought like they did. Now, I know a lot of you think about Paul. He's like this poor missionary guy that, that traveled around and went from place to place hoping God would provide. And maybe some of the God providing is true, but it's the same as today. You don't travel without some sort of wealth and the ability to do so. And, and, and so Paul traveled through. Paul actually did give up a lot. He, he probably lost his family. He was probably alienated from his family because he moved from being a devout Jew to a follower of Jesus. But Paul was not this run-of-the-mill guy that, that sometimes we think he is. And, and when he's talking about himself here, there's something else that we can take away from this passage. He's relating, when he talks about being circumcised and being uh, from the people of Israel, the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews, what he's relating it to is his value as a man. The exact same way that the people in Philippi would have designated their worth by what they had done in the past, by what their bank account said, by the special trade that they were part of, by the business that they had started. So what Paul is saying is that in the flesh, he's pretty elite. He's a pretty elite guy. Some people might even say he's kind of royalty. He's well-educated, wealthy family. He was a leader in his previous job, an entrepreneur. Some of you remember he was a tent maker. He, he manufactured tents to make some money while he was doing his ministry. But then he makes a comment, as you follow through the passage of Scripture, then he makes a comment that would cause all those people in Philippi and other places to think either he's lost his mind or he's from another world. Because all of those things that he says are significant about him, that are credits on his balance sheet, here's what he says in verse 7. He says, but whatever were gains to me, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. What is more, I consider everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whose sake I have lost all things. I consider them garbage. That's what he says. He says, I consider them garbage that I may gain Christ, that I may encounter Christ. And so all the credits, all the the money, all the accolades that he's achieved, all the recognition that he's received, he says all of that is just refuse. It's just garbage. Now, how can he say that? How can he say that? He can say that because he has encountered Christ time and time again. You remember before Paul was actually the apostle Paul that we are talking about and we know, he was Saul, the Pharisee, which also talked about. And and how he became Paul, the apostle, the follower of Jesus, is because he ran into Jesus on one of his trips to persecute the church on the road to Damascus. And, and, And he's literally blindsided by Jesus. You remember Jesus makes him go blind, and he has this conversation with him. There's this encounter. And again, like I mentioned earlier, this 
this connection to the church in Philippi all comes from an encounter that he had with Christ as he was traveling on the second missionary journey. And if you read the book of Acts, and I would encourage you to do that. I know we all have a little extra time. We can't go out to dinner. We can't go to social events. We can't go to movies. So you've got some extra time. I'd encourage you to read the book of Luke. Learn all about Jesus. And then read the book of Acts. You'll learn so much about Paul and the apostles and what it meant to be a follower of Jesus in that day. But, but Paul remembers that, that Jesus called him to go on this journey and he led him all the way to Philippi where he met this amazing group of people. And then encounter after encounter Paul had with Jesus along the way. And, and all those encounters causes him to proclaim this, this part in verse 8 that I just read. I consider all this stuff about me, about my flesh, garbage. Because all I want to do is gain Christ, is encounter Christ. And he goes on in verse 9 and he says, And be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ. The righteousness that comes from God on the basis of faith. I want to know Christ. Yes, to know the power of his resurrection and participation in his sufferings, becoming like him in his death, and so somehow attaining to the resurrection from the dead. And so what Paul wants to do is he wants to encounter Christ, and he wants to live in the Spirit always, which consequently is why Paul sometimes felt so alone. And, and again, you know what it feels like to be lonely right now, to feel disconnected or, or cut off from a lot of your friends, all the friends that you would see if we were able to come together here in this place and meet right now. But what I want you to, to really understand is what Paul understood through his encounters with Jesus over and over and over. And it's what he's communicating to us in Philippians chapter 3. And even back in Philippians chapter 2. Philippians chapter 2 and 3 are simply this. They are a call to action. They are a call to action. It's a call to live differently in this world. It's a call to live in a way that will sometimes make you actually feel like you don't belong in this world, that you are an alien in this world. Again, I mentioned, you know, we, we do have some extra time to do some different things, and, and probably one of the things that we've all done is we've watched a little extra TV, right? I mean, I've watched a little extra TV, not a lot, but a little. And the other night, we were, we were watching TV, and I was scrolling through looking for something good to watch. And it had already started, but I remembered that I really loved this particular movie that was coming on. And so I stuck with it. And you've probably seen it. Maybe it's a classic. You, you, if you haven't seen it, you've got to watch it. But after studying Philippians chapter 3, it just really embodies kind of the heartbeat of what Paul is saying in Philippians. And it's the movie Patch Adams. I don't, it's starring Robin Williams. Don't know if you've seen it, but, but call someone today, connect with someone today, and then as a reward, go watch the movie, 
All right, you can watch that movie. I, I watched it. My son came in. Andrew sat there and he watched it. And then he only got to see part of it. So the next day he watched all of it. And then the next day after that, he went and got all his friends and said, hey, we got to watch this movie together. But it's a really great movie. And it really embodies this idea, I think, that, that Paul is, is sharing with us. Now, it's a little not completely 100% Christian, but you'll get the gist if you watch it. But, but it's this, these, this letter, Philippians chapter 2 and 3 particularly, are a call to action, a call not to fully rely on the things that this world says are of the most value, but to rely on what God says is of the most value. Now, this call to action for your life. I can't tell you exactly what that is. That's why I'm encouraging you to go after those encounters with Christ and listen for what it is that he's leading you to do. But, but I do want to tell you that I have seen some of this lived out among this community that we call Mosaic recently. One of the ways is, you know, I don't know if you, you think about it much, but I think about it because of, of my background in economics. And, and we are really living in these uncertain times financially. But what I've watched so many of you do is to continue to be generous here at Mosaic in giving, and, and you've adopted the, the idea of living and being generous and giving and believing that God is, has got you and he's going to, to take care of you. And here at Mosaic, we've adopted the same philosophy. Uh, I, don't, I don't know if you've been keeping up with it, but if you add it all up, I mean, we've given away over $10,000 to Different people in need, you know, you've heard about Italy and Dominican Republic. And, and this past week, we sent money to Guatemala because of a, a very significant need that was there. But we've been able to adopt that philosophy as well, believing that God's got us. And there are people in the world that are saying, what are you doing? I, I, you know, this is crazy. Don't give your money away. This is time to hold on to it. But we're believing that God's got us. And we're being generous. Another way, another way. I, I mean, I am, I got to say, I am so proud of how Mosaic has responded to the racial reconciliation conversation and all that's been going on. And how we've been such an influential part of the conversation as we live out what it means to reclaim the message and movement of Jesus. So proud of Mosaic and what you've done. And, and as we've gone through this virus, this virus stuff, you've found ways to care for people around you that have been affected either directly or indirectly by this, by this virus. Some of your calls today, you just don't understand how connecting with these people today is going to make such a huge difference in their life. You know, I can't think of a time in my lifetime, that things have been this challenging. And I've experienced more than most of you, I think. I'm probably older than most of you. Not all of you, but a lot of you. You know, I've experienced 9-11. I've experienced uh, financial crises before. But, but this is probably the most challenging that, that I've ever seen. And it's during these times 
that the enemy is going to come and he's going to try to do one particular thing. It's his primary tactic and he always is at it. And, and that is to divide us. It's his primary tactic that he uses today. It's the same tactic he used 2,000 years ago when Paul was writing this letter. That's why Paul started chapter 3, chapter 3, verse 2, by saying, watch out for those dogs, those evildoers, those mutilators of the flesh. He was talking about a group that was infiltrating the church, and the Philippian church was was not exempt from this. They were a part of that. They were infiltrating the church. And what they were trying to do was to cause divisions because our enemy knows that when we are together, we are stronger. But if he can find a way to start to tear us down and to break us apart and to cause divisions among us, he will weaken this movement of reclaiming the message and movement of Jesus that we're a part of. That's why Paul concludes chapter 3 by saying this in verse 17. Join together. Come together. Unite yourself in following my example, brothers and sisters. And just as you have us as a model, keep your eyes on those who live as we do. For as I have often told you before and now tell you again, even with tears, many live as enemies of the cross of Christ. But our citizenship is in heaven. And we eagerly await a Savior from there, the Lord Jesus Christ, who by the power that enables him to bring everything under his control will transform our lowly bodies so that they will be like his glorious And so connecting with people and encountering Christ, those are the two things that Paul wants us to walk away with today. I got to tell you, one of the times that I realized and and have recognized in my life that that I've I've encountered Christ was probably a a year or so ago. Um, One of um, our church members called me and said, hey, Mike, my neighbors, they're, they're, they're cleaning out their mother's home and they've got all this furniture and they don't know what to do with it. They, they really would like to give it away to somebody who will use it. You think you guys would like to have it? And I was like, I don't know, but I felt like God was saying, go get it. The trailer, the church trailer was empty. And so I hooked up the trailer, went over, got the furniture, brought it back. It sat in the trailer for a while. Eventually we put it in the, the back space for a while. But over time, It sat there until finally this family actually moved here from Guatemala. They immigrated here to the U.S. from Guatemala. And they came to Mosaic one day. And I don't exactly remember how we got connected. But we got connected. And you can imagine what it was they needed. They needed to to have all the things to establish a home. They needed a couch. We had it. They needed beds. We had it. They needed plates to eat off of. We had them. And, and so we, because I guess I was, we were obedient and, and kind of listened to what God was saying. We were able to resource this family. And, and the really strange thing is, the amazing thing is, today, of all other days, 
today, the, the father of this family called me and said, hey, Mike, I just wanted to connect with you. I just wanted to say hello. I wanted to remind you that we appreciate you. I wanted to remind you that I'm praying for you. I just want to connect with you. And I want to encourage you all today. That can be your story. So I want to pray for you. Pray that that's your story. Pray that you allow yourself to walk into moments like that. Would you pray with me? Father, we are so grateful that that you provide people for us to connect with. People that understand what we're going through. People that believe the the same things we believe and, and follow the same God that we follow. And so, Father, I just pray that as, as we make calls and send text and, and connect with people today, that you will create some amazing conversations and that you'll move in the lives of people and, and, and God, ministry will happen. And Father, I just pray that as we continue to seek you, that we'll, we'll keep our ears open and we'll have ears to hear when you want to speak to us, when you want to have an encounter with us that leads us into the future that you have for us. So God, I just pray for blessings over every person that's listening in today, every person that's here. God, would you just bless them and keep them right and center of your will for their lives. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening to this message from Mosaic Church in Charlotte, North Carolina. For more audio and video content, visit us at mosaicchurch.tv.